Proverbs 22.6, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Thanks, guys. Okay, we'd like to have all of the moms raise their hand. It doesn't matter if you're a regular attender or if this is your first time you've ever been here. If you're a mother, we ask that you raise your hands the kid, and keep them high so the kids can see. They're going to grab these flowers, and they're going to pass them out to you. So, Okay, kids, grab a flower and take it to anybody that has their hand raised. If your mom already has one, go to somebody else. Grab one, Lauren. Take it to your mom. Look to see if anybody has their hand raised. Anybody that has their There's one over there. There's a couple more way in the back, girls. Take them way in the back. Mick has her hand up. Keep your hands high, please, so the kids can see them. Okay. Take them to the take them to the ladies. They're all gone away from you. Did all of the mothers get did all the mothers get a flower? If you got if you got extras, you can bring them back. Okay, let's pray for our mothers too, if you would. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for this beautiful morning, and we thank you especially for our moms. Uh, Lord, they mean so much to us. They've done so much for us, and we're so thankful for them. And Lord, I just ask that you would bless them, especially on this day, uh, as you do every day. And Lord, we thank, we're so thankful. Um, and Lord, they're just a good example to us, and we're, we're thankful that you've given them to us. So just bless them again on this day, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
thanks for doing this. I know this can be a challenging thing, so really appreciate you guys for doing this. So I'll pose the question. How has motherhood, 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 <laughs> motherhood uh, challenged your faith, grown your faith? What did you learn? Thank you. Um, first of all, I think motherhood in every aspect of faith, from the, I'm going to cry, from the time you find out you're pregnant and that baby grows inside you until they drive out the light in their car for the first time. I didn't want to do this. Um, or, um, you know, when they move out of the house for the first time, when they start to run around with friends, they've made the right decision, um, you've taught them the right things, uh, when they find um, a boyfriend or girlfriend, that hopefully that's going to be the right person for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, yeah, I'm going to try not to cry either. Um, I, there, like you said, every aspect of my life has been blessed and challenged and that but I think the most important thing the basic thing to me was uh, when I was growing up my mother and father were separated for a long time and so I didn't I saw my father occasionally and then when they were together I, I still I knew about him but I didn't really know him and I think becoming a parent one day I was sitting with these little kids around and listening to a news broadcast about a young man who had committed a heinous crime and was going to prison for his life and I thought to myself what, what, how would I feel if that happened to one of my children? And I examined my heart and I said, you know, there's nothing I don't think I, they would do that would cause me not to love them. And I learned from that. Um, God opened my eyes to see what the love of a father is. I experienced that by, you know, understanding my children and how I felt about them. I realized God feels that way about me. And, um, you know, just two verses, I think of that all the time when I question about my behavior or my faith. I've, God brings back to me the verses that I have loved you with an everlasting love and I will never leave you, forsake you. But that's the basis of my whole Christian life is knowing that I have a father who loves me no matter what. He forgives me, he picks me up, and he's there for me constantly. I think that... Um Motherhood will challenge you in every aspect of your life. It will challenge you to your core. And um, one of the things, this is a post on Facebook that I'm just going to read to you that I saw just a, a, about a week ago. And it says, I've carried a child within my body, slept with a baby. I'm going to cry too. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> oh, hang on. I just lost it. Let's see here. Bear with me for a second. I've carried a child within my body, slept with the baby on my chest. I've kissed boo-boos and mended broken hearts. I've been puked on, peed on, pooped on, <laughs> and spent sleepless nights in a rocking chair. But I wouldn't have it any other way. My body isn't magazine perfect, but when I look in the mirror, I see a mom. There is no greater honor or blessing. That's just really, it will challenge you and it will make you question so many things. And, you know, 
you just you look and you see and you think, God, am I am I doing right by you by raising my children? You know, am I am I being faithful to you? Am I teaching them in the ways that that you would want them to go? And that's just it's a it is a blessing and an honor, but it's also a huge responsibility that we carry as mothers. And I just think that. I've really been growing here just in the last few months in that I'm seeing how God is really blessing me with the strength and the encouragement to continue on and to keep going and to keep just every day putting one foot in front of the other, doing the best I can to get in my Bible and just to, to stay with it and uh, continue doing the best I can. And I'm just feeling his strength in me day by day. So, Thanks, guys. <laughs> Not that I'm nervous already. <laughs> now I'm bawling. Um, I always thought I was a patient person before having kids. <laughs> and I learned not to pray for patience because God, it's not like a wish. He won't make your kids magically, you know, be good. But I'm learning. That has been a real struggle to learn patience. And I've also learned not to kid around with God. Because when I was pregnant with Lauren, I said, I hope I have five girls just like me. And I was told I was kind of bratty when I was little. <laughs> so out pops this five girls in one. <laughs> but no, she's an awesome little girl. I love her to death. And um, I never knew how much love you can have. I only thought I could love one child, but... That love grows with each child. You never could think you could love more, and it does. And um, I've also learned that kids are a gift from God. We don't know how long we're going to have them. And I've seen a mother lose a child at 80 and a mother lose a child at, in her 20s. And you never know when that's going to happen. God gives and takes away. And I just cherish every moment with my kids. And this is the most awesome job I could ever ask for. Being a mommy is hard, but it's totally, totally worth it. Well, the things that I thought about this week were um, unconditional love was really what I came up with. And I thought about no matter what, I'll, I always love them. And uh, they always love me, even if we don't always agree on things. Um, we raised five kids, and now we have 11 grandchildren, and it's just the same thing, only double as much. They love me no matter what. Um, just trying to be a, a good example to them that they have something to follow to see in me um, of hopefully just um, following the path of, of Christ as my, um, as my Savior and just showing them that example that it is a, a great reward in life to, to follow him. First and foremost. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's give him a round of applause. And I just thought, you know, asking five women to come on the stage to talk about motherhood, and I didn't give them a box of Kleenex. So, hey, here you go, guys. Guys, thank you so much. Let's again give him a round of applause. Thanks so much. That was awesome. <clears throat> Thanks. Well, you know what? Um, I asked these ladies up here to talk about motherhood because this morning I want to explore the idea uh, briefly about growing in maturity through motherhood. Um, so obviously this sermon is a little bit specific uh, towards mothers, but hey, 
It's Mother's Day. This is your day, so you get your sermon. Uh, those of you who are parents, this will also apply, and uh, hopefully in other ways as well, uh, through the timeless principles of God's Word. So um, thank you so much. Really, uh, after that, we might as well just go home. I don't know how much more I can say uh, to add to that, not being a mother. Um, and so I asked Shelly, you know, Shelly, you know, this is what we're talking about. What should I do? And so that's how this came forth. And uh, so um, I feel very humbled and I uh, don't know if I can add really to what has been said there, but I'm going to try uh, to do my best to encourage and honor our moms today. So let's do this. I'm going to ask you to pray with me one more time, and uh, then we're going to delve in and uh, take a look at a few scriptures. So let's pray. Father, thanks so much for a great morning. Thank you for, again, our moms uh, as uh, they are on the top of our minds and uh, deep in our hearts uh, this morning. We're so grateful. God, we're so grateful for what you've done in our lives through them and uh, for all of the sacrifices that they make, for all of the ways that they endure, all that we have given them and for the great examples that, um, that they are and, and can be to us. And so, Father, I ask uh, that your spirit would be with us this morning. Make us tender and soft to hear what it is that you have to say. Spirit, speak uh, accurately and powerfully, powerfully through me and through ultimately your word uh, because you have something that you desire to say to us this morning. And for our moms, again, we ask for your blessings on their life. We ask for strength. We ask for patience. We ask for great wisdom. And uh, Father, that you would continue to allow them uh, in every area of their life, from husbands to kids to jobs uh, to grandkids, uh, that they would shape uh, their world around them as you've created them to nurture and to love and uh, to do all of those things. And so we're grateful for them. We're grateful for your son, ultimately, Jesus Christ. Uh, we're grateful for him and uh, for the life that he gives us, uh, for the salvation that he brings uh, through his death and, and burial and resurrection on the cross. We ask it in his name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, we're going to be in three texts, and so I invite you to go ahead and pull your Bibles out. There are pew Bibles uh, that should be scattered, and so you can pull out those NIV pew Bibles. Uh, Turn with me to the book of Philippians. That's where we're going to start. So Philippians is page 950 in your pew Bible if you're following along. And I can't tell you if you have your own Bible what page Philippians uh, is in. But we're going to start in Philippians. So again, uh, as we're flipping, uh, the title of my message this morning is called Maturity Through Motherhood. Maturity Through Motherhood. And I want to recommend a book to you. Uh, A lot of uh, the quotes that you'll be hearing this morning is from one particular book. And the author's name is Gary Thomas. Uh, If you've ever read any of Gary Thomas's stuff, uh, it's excellent. It's very good. He has written several books with the title Sacred in them, Sacred Marriage. And this particular book is called Sacred Parenting. And he has a lot of wonderful things to say about parenting and motherhood. And so I want to begin with a quote from Gary Thomas in his book. He says this about parenting and motherhood in particular. should be on the screen. He said, it, be- it becomes, that is pa- parenting, motherhood, it becomes a sacred enterprise when we finally understand that God can baptize dirty diapers toddlers tantrums and a teenager's silence in order to transform us into people who more closely resemble Jesus Christ. And so the thrust of where we're going this morning is I want us to begin to think about, and mothers, you in particular, I I want you to begin to think about how motherhood 
can be used by God as a means for your maturity, as a means for making you more like Jesus Christ. And so what I hope to do this morning is simply this. I want us to look at three character traits uh, that the Bible often talks about and uh, says that we should pursue three character traits that I think motherhood, being a mom, encourages you to pursue, challenges you to pursue. And I, and I want you to begin to see motherhood as a means of God transforming you into a person that loves and follows Jesus Christ. And so three character traits, and let's begin in Philippians 2. And the first character trait is what I would call selfless sacrifice. Selfless sacrifice and how motherhood propels you to selfless sacrifice. We begin in chapter 2, and uh, we're going to look at verses 3 through 5. Let's read this together. Paul says this. He's talking to the Philippians, Philippian church. He says, Do nothing... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In contrast, rather, <clears throat> rather in humility, love, uh, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, uh, but each of you to the interests of the others. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mind as Christ Jesus did. And I think we stopped there, but I'm going to keep reading. Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so the first character trait that I think motherhood uh, encourages us and, and you, those of you who are mothers, is that of selfless sacrifice. What Paul essentially says is, he says, don't consider yourself and your interest and your needs first, but rather selflessly sacrifice for the good of others. Don't just look after your interests, but put others' interests and others' needs before your own. And he says the reason we should do that, the reason you should do that, is because Jesus Christ did that. If you have met Jesus Christ, if you have a personal relationship with Christ, then you're merely modeling the one who lives within you, the one who is selfless, who gave himself up, who came down from heaven to earth, took on human form, and even became a servant unto death so that we might be forgiven and have eternal life. He says, as a mother... Modeling this uh, makes you like Jesus Christ. Now, moms, I think this is an easy connect, right? Because, in fact, I can't think of any other uh, role or function, if you will, maybe other than motherhood, uh, that allows us to see how selfless sacrifice goes with motherhood. I mean, if we were to ask you what characterizes motherhood, you heard it up here often, sacrifice, giving for the needs of others. That immediately translates into, into, into motherhood. In fact, the list of possible sacrifices that you moms make, in particular for your kids, it could go on forever and ever and ever and ever. Let me just list a few. First of all, uh, you make financial sacrifices. And so your money, as you know, you, when you have kids, doesn't go to the things that it used to go to. Maybe you used to eat out more, go to the movies, whatever it is. And I guarantee that there's a shift in how you spend your money. There's a sacrifice there. Uh, not only that, but you sacrifice uh, physical exertion. So how many of you moms would agree with that? That being a mom makes you tired. And the women say, 
Amen. That's right. Uh, in fact, there's one author uh, by the name of Rachel Cusk, uh, Cusk, and we'll hear from her in a second. But she entitled, when, in her memoirs, when she was talking about her young children years, and they happened to be the 30s for her, she remembers in her book, she said, I remember my 30s as being the tired years. Can any of you relate to that? And all the moms are shaking their heads, yes, because there is a ton of physical exhaustion that relates to being a mom. Not only that, but there's emotional exhaustion. Is there not worrying about the baby as they get older? I mean, everything that goes on in your mind that deals with uh, being a mom. Not only that, but you sacrifice preferences, do you not? In fact, oftentimes you probably would never uh, not be pooped on and puked on. That's not your preference, right? But you give up your preferences. There are things that you'd rather do with your time, money, energy, that you give up for the sake of your kids. What about certain plans or dreams? Things that you wanted to do since you were a little girl. Things that you wanted to accomplish. Maybe in career. Oftentimes, being a mom calls us to sacrifice those plans and those dreams. Hobbies. Time with your spouse. Even personal devotion time. I know my wife, uh, we've talked about this a lot. It's like you have a one or two year old and your devotional time that used to be 30 minutes or however long shrinks to about 30 seconds. (laughs) And uh, how do you deal with those kind of things? Uh, There are all sorts of sacrifices, and you mothers know, that come along with being a mom. And what I want to challenge you and encourage you is to think about those sacrifices not in a negative way, but in a positive way. To think about how those sacrifices that are demanded upon you as a mom can actually make you like Jesus Christ, can actually make you do what Paul says in Philippians, which is give up your preferences and your rights and consider others more important than yourself. And in doing so, you grow to become like Jesus Christ. Uh, Again, I mentioned uh, the author Rachel Cusk. Uh, In her book, she mentions uh, just a brief time of, uh, I think all of you moms can relate to this, uh, just the prospect of having a few minutes to yourself. Okay, moms, just think about that. The prospect of having a few minutes to yourself in silence, a few minutes, just a few minutes, maybe an hour, without sacrifice. This is how she describes it. I think you'll be able to relate to this. She says this as she begins the, uh, as she describes the thrill of seeing her daughter, who was a baby at the time, begin to drift to sleep. This is what she says. Her eyelids begin to droop. The sight of them reminds me of the possibility that she might go to sleep and stay that way for two or three hours. The prospect is exciting, for, uh, for it is when the baby sleeps that I liaise as if I were a lover with my former life. These liaisons, though always thrilling, are often frantic. I dash about the house, unable to decide what to do. To read, to work, to telephone my friends... Watching her eyelids droop, my excitement at the prospects of freedom buzzes about my veins. I begin uh, manically to list and consider the things that I might do, discarding some ideas and cherishing the others. She concludes by saying, Her eyelids droop again and closer together. In repose, her face is as delicate and tranquil as a shell. Moms, can you relate to that at some point? The idea of possibly having one free moment without sacrifice? I think those moments are certainly deserved and well-earned. But what uh, this author says, what Thomas says, is that these moments of sacrifice actually are a great vehicle to maturity. Notice what he says in his book. 
sacred parenting. He says the act of raising children, the act of raising children confronts our narcissistic selfishness and invites us to sacrifice our own welfare on behalf of, of another human being, which of course provides marvelous spiritual training. And so mom, I want to challenge you to think about how the sacrifices that you make on a day-to-day, minute-to-minute, second-by-second moment, how those sacrifices, instead of making you bitter, can make you better. Instead of making you frustrated, can make you have the attitude that was in Christ Jesus, can lead you to maturity. How would your attitude change towards those things that you have to sacrifice if you saw them as an avenue for spiritual growth? how you cooked, how you cleaned, how you did laundry, how you worked, whatever it might be, how would that shift how you saw sacrificing for your family? There's a story of a young boy, and he was in school, and uh, in school they were learning fractions. And so they brought out the old uh, pie illustration, and the teacher said to the young man, Okay, Johnny, let's just say his name's Johnny. Okay, Johnny, uh, let's learn fractions. What if, let's pretend that your mom bakes a pie, and she makes you a pie, and there are seven of you, five uh, siblings and your mom and dad. How many, uh, what fraction of the pie would you get? And the little boy smiled, and he said, one-sixth. And the teacher said, no, Johnny, I don't think you're understanding fractions right. There's seven of you in your family, so there, you would get one-seventh a piece of the pie. And the little boy said, I don't think you understand my mom. She would say, I don't want a piece of pie. You can have my piece of pie. Um, mom, I would encourage you, in the moments today, tomorrow, and the weeks ahead, when you have to sacrifice your piece of the pie over and over again, remember... In doing so, you can actually be on the road to maturity through motherhood. So the first characteristic that I think motherhood directs us towards is sacrifice. But the second one is found in 1 Peter. So turn with me, if you have your Bibles, uh, backwards to the book of 1 Peter, uh, towards the end of your New Testament. 1 Peter chapter 2, the text should be on the screen. Uh, So not only does motherhood encourage sacrifice, but it also encourages endurance. I think this came through really well in what was said tonight. Just the mere fact that motherhood is not a sprint, uh, but it's a marathon, and it requires consistent plotting, one step after the next, endurance. And so let's read 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to focus on verse 20. 1 Peter 5, excuse me, 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 is where we're going to be. 1 Peter 2, 20. He says this, But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer, if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Now, I want to give you a bit of the context here. Peter is writing to slaves in the first century and those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. In the context, he's basically saying, you know what, you need to respect uh, your masters, you need to treat them in an honorable way, and if they treat you wrongly without uh, any fault of your own, if you don't... Uh, you know, if you don't do anything to aggravate them and they still mistreat you, it's an honorable thing to endure suffering that's not your fault. God is pleased with that kind of a sacrifice. That's essentially what he says. He says, enduring harsh conditions, enduring unmerited, undeserved suffering or hardship, if you do it in a way that's honoring to God without complaint, then God will teach you 
endurance, this term that we see twice in this text, endurance. Now, while mothers certainly are not slaves in the first century, although some of you moms might think or feel like slaves, um, you certainly are not, I would suggest to you that motherhood is an institution in which you receive unjust suffering, unjust Uh, difficulties, unjust trials. There are things, mom, that happen in your life that you don't prod, you don't provoke, in particular from your kids. You just receive it, do you not? It just comes with being a mom, that there are things that your kids make you do or think or say or feel that aren't deserved. They just come to you. And what the principle of this text is essentially saying is that when we as Christians and when you as mothers go through things that's not deserved, it's undeserved suffering, it's difficulties, it's trials, it's not your fault, endure it, endure it. In fact, endurance is one of the main characteristics throughout the New Testament of a godly person. They simply endure without complaining. Now, I want to share with you a quick quotation. Uh, We'll throw the quotation up on the screen, I believe. And I want you to consider when, that is when historically, chronologically, it might have been written. So let's throw that on there if it's up there. (coughs) I think it is. There it is. Children today, children today are tyrants, this person says. They contradict their parents, they gobble up their food, and they tyrannize their teachers. Now I want you to to consider when this was written. When do you think... This sounds like it could have been written yesterday, doesn't it? In fact, some of your moms are like, that, I could have written that, written that this morning, you know? Um, when was this written? Let's throw it up here. This is from 470 B.C. by a man by the name of Socrates. This is 2,500 years ago. Now let me ask you, are kids kids? Kids are kids, and they don't change very much. And so moms... Uh, you go through things at the hands oftentimes of your children that, you know what, you don't deserve it, but you do go through it. And so the biblical character here that we're looking at is this idea of endurance. Now, endurance basically means a couple things. In the New Testament, it is the idea of staying put, that is not moving, staying put under extreme pressure. And so the image that I have in my mind is uh, that of a watermelon seed. And if you lay a watermelon seed on, on a flat surface and you stick your thumb and you exert pressure increasingly, eventually what's going to happen is that thing's going to squirt off, right? Well, the idea here is that there's pressure being applied to you. And instead of leaving it, instead of running from it, you just stay there. You stay there. You endure it. The other image is the idea of standing up against a great force. And the idea that comes to my mind here is that of uh, kind of hurricane force winds. Here lately, we've been having some kind of hurricane-type winds, have we not? I grew up in South Texas on the Gulf Coast, which means we dealt with almost yearly, maybe once or twice or two or three times a year, hurricanes that potentially would head our way. And I remember one particular hurricane that was very close, and going outside, and the winds were upwards of, I don't know, 60, 70 miles an hour. Now, why I was outside, I'm not sure. My mom probably didn't know about it. But I stepped outside, and literally, when I I was very young, I couldn't move forward into the wind. I could just brace myself and withstand the wind coming towards me. That's the idea, moms, of having endurance, of just allowing the winds and the pressure to stand upon you, not seeking escape, but just enduring them. 
And like the list of sacrifices that you make as a mother, uh, the list of what I would call undeserved, unmerited suffering or hardship that comes your way oftentimes at the hands of your children um, by nature of being a mom can also be endless. And so there's a five-year-old who is always into mischief, breaking things, making messes. Some of you have images in your minds already. Uh, There's that kind of Child. There's a nine-year-old who refuses to obey, a, a, a hard-willed child, a difficult child, in spite of any kind of discipline that you might give to him or to her. There's a 13-year-old who thinks that you are the biggest dork in the world and does not want to be seen around you. In fact, he would prefer or she would prefer that you just stay in your, in your house while they go outside. And you have to endure it. There's a 17-year-old who might be manipulative, dishonest, maybe lying to your face. These things happen in motherhood. It's undeserved suffering. And I want to challenge you to begin to see those things that come into your life as a mom that you don't merit, endure. The Bible says that you should endure it. And enduring it, you grow in your faith. I want to share with you a quick story uh, that was in the sacred parenting book about a, about a particular monastery. Gary Thomas shares this story. An ancient story tells of a monastery with a very difficult monk, a contentious, obnoxious, arrogant, and divisive man. If an argument erupted, odds were good that he was somehow involved. Any group of murmuring brothers almost certainly had his name on their lips. This monk had no friends, and he had many enemies. And finally, he got tired of the animosity, and he decided to leave the order. While the brothers rejoiced, the abbot quickly realized his loss. Quickly realized his loss. He pursued the contentious monk and tried to persuade him to come back to the monastery. When the monk asked why he should come back to a place where he clearly was not wanted, the abbot abbot even offered to pay him a salary if he would just come back to the monastery. Imagine the other monks' consternation when they saw this hapless fellow walking back into the compound. In fact, when they discovered that he was paid a salary to live there, they grew furious. And so one marched over to the abbot's office and demanded on behalf of everyone else an explanation. The wise abbot responded, and here's what I want you to pay attention to. This brother, as as troublesome as he may be, nevertheless teaches you patience, kindness, and compassion. That is why we need him here. No one else can teach you the lessons that he teaches. Moms, I would suggest to you that in motherhood and the unjust suffering and hardship that comes your way at the hands of your kids, that the same is true of you. No one else can teach you the lessons that they do as you're on the road to maturity through motherhood. So we've seen a couple characteristics, sacrifice, endurance, and we're going to wrap up with a third one. Flip back in your New Testament with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. In the book of 2 Corinthians, we see our final characteristic, uh, our, final, um, our final trait that motherhood can lead us towards. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And that characteristic is what I would call reliance. Reliance upon God or or faith. And we saw that come clearly in our panel discussion well. Entrusting your kids to God and also entrusting yourself to God to do what must often feel like a a thankless and an extremely heavy weight 
of burden, of responsibility. And so not only does motherhood teach us sacrifice and endurance, but I would suggest to you that it teaches you reliance upon God. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we're going to read verses 7 through 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 7b, tail end of verse 7. Therefore, therefore, in order to keep me from, being, uh, from becoming conceited, I was, Paul is speaking here, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, and here's, here's what I want you to listen into, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about the weakness, about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. The third character trait that I would suggest to you, mother, can shape in your life is that of reliance upon God. A bit of the context here. In chapter 12, Paul is relaying uh, a vision or or a series of visions that he had that were God-given. In fact, if you read through a little bit before in chapter 12, he talks about being taken up to the heavens and seeing wonderful and unspeakable things. And God had given him this wonderful gift, this wonderful vision. But on top of that, not only had God given him this gift, this vision, but God also... Uh, Paul also says that to keep him humble and to keep him dependent, he gave him what Paul describes as a thorn in the flesh in spite of the fact that he asked God to remove it. We don't know what this thorn in the flesh is. There are all sorts of speculations and there are all sorts of answers, but most likely it was some kind of physical ailment. Most likely it was some kind of physical uh, suffering, some kind of physical disability that God allowed to enter into Paul's life. My personal opinion is that it was bad eyesight. Um, that's just speculation on my part. But, but I, think, I think it was, it was eyesight. Nevertheless, the point that I want us to see is in verse 9. Paul says that God not only allowed him to have the grandeur of these visions, but allowed this physical suffering to, to happen in his life that hindered his ministry, that hindered his calling, that p- could potentially be a detriment in his calling to preach and teach the good news of Jesus. And he, we see this principle fleshed out in verse 9. And here's the principle. One commentary says it succinctly. <clears throat> the point is this in verse 9. Divine power... Divine power is best displayed against the backdrop of human weakness. Divine power, God's divine power in our life is most displayed in our life against the backdrop of our human weakness. And so moms, I hope you see where I'm going here. While I wouldn't consider motherhood a thorn in the flesh, sometimes it might function like one. It might function that it's something that's outside of you that reminds you of your utter inadequacy to do what God has called you to do. And it drives you to seek God's power. In your weakness, God is made strong. And so I don't know if you ever feel this way. Moms, I think, Shelley, I can say this for you because we've talked about it um, in, in, over the course of this sermon and just our two and a half years of raising a child. Shelley says, it drives me to my knees. It drives me to depend upon God because I realize the calling and the responsibility to respond to my son, to teach him, to be a godly mother, to be a godly example, to do all of the things that I know I should do as a mom sometimes can be so utterly overwhelming. You feel like you just can't do it. And she says, so motherhood for me drives me 
to dependence upon God. It drives me to my knees. It drives me to pray, oh God, make me the mother that I need to be. It serves as a thorn in the flesh to point out your weakness and God's power. I ran across or actually was reminded of a Mother's Day card, and I don't have it with me, but I'll describe it to you. Um, on the front of the card was a little boy, maybe three or four. And if you imagine in your mind's eye a little boy that's just trouble, that's the picture that they want you to have in your mind's eye. And so he's dirty, and he's got stuff on his face, and he's got an open wound, and his clothes are all dirty, and he's dragging behind stuff, and he's just been in a mess. Okay, so you get this image that's on the front of the card. <clears throat> and the front of the card says, says this, the little boy speaking, Mom, I remember that little prayer that you used to say for me every day. And then you open up and inside it says, God help you if you ever do that again. (laughs) Uh, Moms, maybe you pray that prayer uh, to your kids sometimes. You know, uh, motherhood should drive us to prayer. Not that kind of prayer, but it should drive us to the other kind of prayer. And that is, God, I need for you to make your power known in my weakness. And so, Mom, I'm sure there are moments, maybe even right now, that you feel like you're at wit's end. You're frazzled. Your top is about to blow. You don't feel like you can respond patiently. You don't feel like you can endure. You don't feel like you can sacrifice one more time. Allow those moments to be thorn-in-the-flesh moments. Allow them to be moments to where you say, God, I can't do this, but your power in my life can allow me to do this, and so I'm going to come to you and to seek your face. There There was a sign seen in an old text mill about 50 years ago, and the sign in this textile textile mill said this, when your thread becomes tangled, call the foreman. And so everyone who worked in this textile mill knew that when your thread became tangled, you should call the foreman. A young woman was new on the job and she was working just a few hours and lo and behold, her thread became tangled and she thought to herself, I'll just straighten this out myself. I can handle this. I don't want to look bad on my first day of work. I'll just straighten it out myself. And so she tried and she tried and it got worse and worse until finally she decided to obey the sign and she called the foreman and the foreman said, what happened? And she said, well, I did the best that I could. I did the best that I could. And the foreman said, no, you did not do the best that you could. To do the best that you could, you should have called me. And I think that that's what motherhood says as well. When the threads of your motherhood become tangled and you don't know what you should do and you think to yourself, I'll just straighten this out myself, I encourage you to do what this young lady should have done. Call your foreman. Call God so that his power may be made perfect in your weakness. So in closing, moms, happy Mother's Day. So glad that you're with us. I hope that this sermon just tweaks and begins to allow you to ponder the possibility that motherhood might actually be a means of you becoming more like Jesus Christ. It might be a means of maturity through sacrifice, through endurance, through reliance upon God. And if so, I think that you will find what Gary Thomas said is true, that God can baptize dirty diapers, toddlers, tantrums, and teenagers' silence in order to transform you into moms 
who more closely resemble Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your word. Thank you for, again, for our moms. Thank you for what they do. Thank you for who they are. Thank you for their endurance. God, thank you for their sacrifices, all that they give up for our good, all that these moms do for their children. Thank you for the way that they endure time and time again, difficulty and trials. Uh, Father, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Father, for moms who utterly rely upon you, who realize that their flesh is weak and that all that you are demanding of them, they cannot do in and of themselves. Thank you for those moms who go to you in utter reliance and and, and prayer on their knees and recognize that in their weakness you demonstrate your great power in their lives. Father, I pray for your blessings on them. Pray for your blessings as we go and as we eat and as we spend time with our families, with our kids, and with our moms. May they be honored, and in doing so, may you be honored as well. Thanks for this day. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Guys,